welcome to <laughs> my <too>. podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Okay, well, <laughs> let's just tell everybody um, kind of who you are and where you're from. So uh, this is Elise. Um, Hi. <laughs> I know Elise. So we grew up in the same ward. Well, actually, I don't even know. When did you guys move into the ward? It was like... Oh, I think I had just turned 12. I think Holy I had like cow. a month left in primary and then they were like get her out of there <laughs> that's seriously <laughs> so awesome so we were in yeah. young women's together um yeah. and then after I graduated I left for a little bit and came back and I was the young women's leader and then that's kind of when we got closer yeah oh, which was awesome a good leader though well you were so fun to be friends with I was like <laughs> I remember when um Danielle Hinsey she was like the main main young women's leader young women's president she asked yeah. me to be in young women's and I'm like um are you sure I just barely got out of young women's and <laughs> but it actually turned out to be one of the best things ever I mean you girls were like my favorite part of going to church and it was just so easy to get along with all of you guys my stepsister was your guys's age and yeah it just oh, worked out so perfectly I know she's so cute <laughs> she's so oh, cute man. yeah well, we have a really good young women's we I seriously I miss it so much we were seriously (laughs) so stinking blessed yes seriously okay well tell tell us a little bit about um I know I know all of this but tell a little bit about like your background your family where you're from just all that great stuff yeah for sure uh so I lived in Utah most of my life I was technically born in Washington but I don't remember any of that because we moved when I was really young Mm -hmm. um I have four siblings. Um, Amazing siblings. Second oldest. Amazing they are siblings. The best. We <laughs> love them to death. Um, they're just, they're crazy, but they're great. <laughs> um, uh, my dad is a graphic designer, um, which is really nice because um, I'm currently studying art at BYU. And, and she's an amazing. Oh, she's amazing, you. you guys. I've seen some of her stuff. <laughs> I mean, she is, when I say, well, she's amazing. I'm not even just saying that. Like, she's very talented. Aww, like, holy you. crap. We'll, we'll show you some of her stuff, maybe, if she'll let us. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're just, talk- you're just talking so, about yourself. Sorry. I'm just yeah. so excited. I keep cutting you off. I apologize. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. No, yeah. So I'm studying art at BYU. Um, I just finished my freshman year. Um, so that's really great. Excited to go back in the fall. Well, go back if, in the fall. Yeah, yeah it's if all relative right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great time. Oh, and also kind of important bit of information for this episode. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be good for you to know. Um, yes. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. A little me in a nutshell. I don't know. Is there anything else? I feel like that's kind of covered the no? basics. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you grew up in the church. Oh, yes. Yeah, my whole so. family is Mormon. Um, as Sunday was, like, my favorite day of the week. <laughs> you know, I... That's um, when Elise came, like, that's when her personality just thrived. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, like, 100%. Church was my element. I <laughs> literally, like, in primary... I was the most annoying kid because I knew, <laughs> I would never let anyone answer. I would just be like, I know. I know who said this. I know what that scripture is from. I know how the story goes. And everyone was like, please, let someone else talk. And I was like, I just love Jesus more than you, I guess. I don't know. That is seriously <laughs> so awesome. I was the most annoying kid. But 
Well, yeah, and I in young just... women's, in young women's, you totally thrive too. I mean, yeah. you taught more than I did. Like I would teach. <laughs> did I really? I, like this is how it was. I would be teaching a young women's lesson, and I'd always turn to Elise. I'd be like, "Is this right? <laughs> like, Elise, what do you have to add?" Like she was just, she was like the teacher, but from the student perspective. On yeah. like, so when I say Elise was like, well, was is it's not like you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> She was, like, so stalwart, so just ambitious and courageous. Like, when she says it's her element, it's not even a joke. Like, she was a light for me. And that's coming from me being so much older. I know. And I looked up to you so much. So that means a lot to me. You did. Of course. (laughs) That makes my heart so happy because I always worried about me being too much. Oh, but no, you were I like think... seriously like a huge inspiration for me I looked up to you Aww. like literally so much you were like oh I love that I'm like I'm gonna be like Brittany one day I remember I was oh, so stop it. journaling especially oh my gosh I remember I like just started getting to journaling like when you became like a leader and you would always be like bring in your journals to write and stuff and I was like oh look at her <laughs> like oh look at what she's doing <laughs> Oh, oh man, has, like, I colored pencil. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm for people who don't know me super well, I am super into journaling. I'd come to church with like three different journals, like one for young women's, like whatever. And I remember the young women's leaders were like, okay, we're going to get all of the girls into journaling too. And yes. I, do you remember when they like made everybody those binders? Oh my gosh. I'm like, yes. here's your Sunday journal. I'm like, oh my gosh, girls, I'm so sorry. Please don't hate me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, it's so fun though. Oh my gosh. It really was. We had such good times. Such oh, we really good times. Did. It was so good. That was <laughs> so good. Okay. Well, so getting into the point of this episode. So you guys, I got an impression to have Elise here on this episode. I don't know 100% why, but I reached out to her and she was just so willing to do it, which made me so happy. Um because of her testimony, because of her faith, um, a lot of people, well, I guess a lot of older generation, maybe people who don't understand say like, oh, if you come out as like part of the LGBTQ, um, they're like, oh, your faith, you know, can just get you out of it. It's just, it's something that you can't, you can choose like a lot of misinformation here. Um, So I wanted Elise to share her story about this because from what I've seen, it hasn't even changed much of who she is. I mean, it's just made her become more herself. I don't know how to explain it from an outsider's perspective. So I just want her to kind of dive in, tell about her story of her realizing and then being true to herself, kind of how it's changed her testimony, her relationship with God, if it's changed at all, if it's made it stronger, better. But Elise, you kind of have the floor here. All right. Well, where to begin? Um, well, okay. I think first I'm going to tell you guys kind of the story of me realizing I was gay and accepting that. Um, that's, it's kind of a whole thing. I'll try and keep it kind of short and sweet. Oh, don't um. even worry about it. I, I really fast, just to interject, I would like to say I'm not as educated as other people out there. So I'm assuming yeah. there's, we're talking to people of all sorts of different knowledge and education. So definitely don't feel like you have to hold anything back. Just do whatever you 
just tell us your story as honestly as you can. That would be great. All right. Um, okay. Well, I guess I didn't even really realize or like the thought didn't even cross my mind that I might not be straight until I was like 14. Um, I kind of, I remember sixth grade, especially all my friends started really liking boys. They were like, oh, boys are so great. Aren't they at least like, you know, that one celebrity, like One Direction was huge. Everyone was like, oh, One Direction. I'm so high on One Direction right now. (laughs) Everyone's sexual awakening in sixth grade. They were all like, (laughs) Liam, Niall, Harry, they are the hot stuff. And I was there like, I guess their music's good. I don't know. Like, I just did not, I did not understand the hype. I thought they were, I thought they were really ugly. (laughs) I feel so bad. I thought I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I was like, everyone likes them and I don't, I don't know why, but <laughs> I was like, I guess I remember in like middle school, especially when everyone was like, boys, boys, boys. And I was like, I don't care about that. I was like, you know what? This just shows that I am like so much smarter than everyone. <laughs> oh, like, because I'm not getting distracted. I'm just focusing on school. I'm praying to God. I am. I was like, I literally, I feel so bad. I was, I thought I was, it was I was just like a, a better disciple than everyone else. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because... No, I actually totally can understand where that's coming from. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Cause I was like, I just guess I love Jesus more than everyone else. Because <laughs> I don't care about boys. I'm just so righteous. Like I just won't even care about them until I'm like married you know <laughs> like you'd be having chastity lessons in young women's and I'd be like oh this isn't even apply to me I'm like so like on another level like <laughs> yeah I don't even need to hear this because Jesus sorry last re- me <laughs> I really don't mean to laugh but uh, no I it's think funny though right it is kind <laughs> like, of funny that, like just looking back I'm like that is just that train of thinking was just abs- absurd <laughs> but that's <laughs> what I thought and then <laughs> Sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree. Because I think I actually went through a time of life where I was like, yeah, boys. Because I was so boy crazy. I always had a crush on a boy. Always, always, always. (laughs) And then I think in middle school when boys were just always crushing on my friends, I was not cute. Like, when I say I'm not not even kidding. I look like just like an ugly boy. So oh. like I I so when you say like oh I'm so much better I'm just gonna focus on God I totally had a time where I did that too yeah <laughs> so that's why I was just thinking that was so funny I thought I was the only one oh, yeah you and the gay kids <laughs> both <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but then I got to high school and everything kind of started to change um, I remember um, I had a friend who wasn't Mormon. Um, I was 14, she was 15, and she started having sex with her boyfriend. Um, mm. And I didn't think that was a big deal. Obviously, like at the time, I was like, I would never have sex with blah, blah, blah. But um, I didn't really think it was a big deal for her to be doing that. I kind of, I, I'm a people pleaser, you know, I wanted her to know that I was supporting her. Um, and, you know, I'm like, I'm your friend, you can tell me anything. And so she would tell me, like, oh, yeah, I had sex with my boyfriend yesterday. And I was like, Ugh. it was like, gross. <laughs> And I was like, why am I so, like, repelled by by that? Like, because I I could tell that this was something she genuinely enjoyed. And 
like a lot of our other friends were like oh yeah I can't wait to have sex blah, blah 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 like I can't wait to get married so I can have sex with my boyfriend or my husband and I was just they would be talking about that and I'd be sitting there like you have to have sex with them <laughs> like <laughs> oh I didn't realize that why does um, anybody want to do that yeah I thought it was oh my gosh and I was really getting into art at this time too and I started taking figure drawing classes mm-hmm. and for those of you who don't know um in a figure drawing class you draw naked people and, <gasps> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so I'd be in How this class you- with like a naked dude and I was like that looks really gross I don't <laughs> like that I was like oh like people like like that I was like oh I don't understand this is so weird um but even still I didn't really realize I was I was gay or I didn't even realize I like girls at this point I just thought I didn't like boys you just don't like boys yeah and I started doing a little bit of research because you know every every LGBTQ teen at some point Google's like why <laughs> don't yeah. I you know so I was like um I don't like I don't like boys I don't want to have sex with them and I learned about this um other identity in the LGBTQ community called um asexuality mm-hmm. and which is basically you just don't feel sexual attraction and I was like oh there that's what I have that's problem solved like oh, interesting no big deal um and I thought that that's kind of what I was for about a year and then I was 15 you're gonna see every year I hit a new milestone <laughs> I didn't figure out more <laughs> when I was 15 um I was in seminary actually bad time to realize this um and there was this girl who sat next to me who was always so nice and she, I thought she was so pretty and I remember my freshman year I kind of hated her because she was so pretty and I didn't know why mm. I do now but <laughs> at the time I thought I just really hated her Um, but and she she was so nice she always said hi to me she would like lend me pencils and paper and whatever and she always like included me in group stuff and I kind of became obsessed with her and I didn't know why um and it was especially hard because at this time I was going through some other unrelated issues I like lost my friends and whatever drama high school drama um, and so I was just like, oh, I think I just really want to be her friend, like really badly. And then one day she comes into seminary and she's like, hey, Lise, guess what? And I was like, what? And she's like, I got a boyfriend. And on the inside, I was just like, no, <laughs> like, this is devastating. And I realized I was in seminary. Our teacher started teaching class and I was looking at this girl. She was paying attention. And I was like, oh, crap, like crap, crap, crap. And I realized that I liked her. And that's why I was so upset. And that was your first realization. Yes. And it was honestly terrifying. Like, I went home that night. And I remember, like, I got home from school, got off the bus, got to my house. Mom was like, hey, Elise, how was school? And I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. And I, like, went down to my room and closed the door and... I just laid in my bed and stared at the ceiling and I just did not know what to do. I was terrified because I was like, what's going on? I don't understand. Um, And I kind of, I brushed it off because I was like, okay, well, just because I like girls doesn't mean I don't like boys. So. Like trying to justify your feelings. Yeah. I guess. I was like, okay, well, 
And at the time, I mean, I've been taught my whole life that this was a choice. And so I was like, I can just choose to ignore this part. And I was like, I can just, I'll just get married to a boy. It doesn't even matter. Um, and, and so it'll all this, go away. Yeah. Kind of, That's kind of this culture. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, for most of my 15 and a lot of my 16 years, I was like, okay, I'm just bisexual and I'm just not going to, not going to think about the part about where I like girls. I was not even going to address it. And at this point, have you confided or told anybody or is this like a solely your own personal discovery at this point? Um, I hadn't told anybody. Okay. This was, again, at the time, I didn't really have any friends. um, So I didn't really have anyone I could even talk to. The thought of confiding in my parents was like, are you kidding? No. Yeah, like wasn't even an option at that point. Yeah. And it... Because, you know, you go to church, you're with your parents, you have these lessons where they teach you marriages between the man and woman, and you see your parents like, yeah, yeah, it is. And you think, oh, (laughs) not a safe space. Um, And so that was was really hard. I kind of had to struggle with it alone. I didn't even feel like, for a couple of months after this realization, I didn't even think I could go to God about it. I was like, if I even tell God that I'm like, hey... Um, this is something I'm going through. He's going to hate me and I'm going to go to hell, even though we don't believe in hell, you know? (laughs) And so it was just purely my own struggle for a really long time. And then um, when I was around 16, I made these two friends who weren't Mormon and um, they were kind of new friends. So they felt safe where it was like, if I lose them over this, like it's okay it won't be as hard as like telling a childhood friend and then reacting badly and so I told them I was like hey guys just you know I'm bisexual and they were all they were both really cool about it and then actually both of them too were like okay me too and I was like what wow um and so and and they really helped me with a lot um because having a group of people you can relate to even if you're not totally sure what's going on all the time like that is really really helpful and important honestly well and emphasizing too like when you're 14 15 16 nobody has a hold on who they are and what they're doing in life so having this almost I don't want to say added challenge because that makes it sound like you know it's yeah. But like this challenge, that, challenge. <laughs> especially in Utah culture, not many people at that point, I guess, were open about it and wanting to say, yeah. hey, like, who else can go through this with me? I mean, I remember when I was that age, how lonely I was. And I was even surrounded by friends and family, but I felt so alone. Yeah. So having another aspect where you couldn't, you know, say, hey, can somebody help me with this? I mean, I just want to emphasize, like, that age is so hard so like when you say you're alone I just like you were alone do you know what I mean I was alone alone yeah (laughs) I it was those are probably some of the hardest years of my life like I don't think I would ever go through them again ever for anything um I at this at about this time when I was like 16 I had started begging God every single night, please take this away from me. I can't handle this. 
I don't understand why you're doing this to me. I, I, I hate it. I don't want this. And I remember um, multiple times in lessons, my seminary teachers would say, God doesn't give you a challenge you can't handle. And I didn't believe them because I thought God was giving me this trial that I could not handle. I really felt like um, this was too much for me. It, it was real sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at this time, I still felt like it was a choice and I couldn't understand why I couldn't just stop feeling like this, especially since I was doing everything. I felt like I was doing everything right. I had earned my honor beat and my young woman's medallion at that point. Um, I was reading my scriptures every single day. I was praying to God multiple times a day. I fasted almost every single week. I read every single general conference talk I could on um, marriage and homosexuality and all those things. I was doing everything and nothing was changing. If anything, it was getting worse because <laughs> um, I was starting, now that I had realized that I had attraction to women, I was noticing it when I was like, oh, hey, I think that girl's cute. And then I'd be like, no, like shame, shame, shame. And oh. it was really bad. I really beat myself up over it a lot. And those were some really dark times. I actually, I remember we went to Hawaii over that winter as a family and I couldn't enjoy a single moment of it because <laughs> I was just like staring at the ocean. I was like, <laughs> like everyone hates me. I hate myself. Like this sucks. Um, and it was really hard. Um, and then around that time, um, the winter of my 16th year of being alive, <laughs> um, I remember I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. And so I made the decision that I was not going to be Mormon anymore. I was like, I, God has abandoned me <laughs> and who even knows if he's real or not. Like he's not answering my prayers. If he is all powerful, why isn't he taking this away from me? And I was like, I'm not getting the support that I need for my family. I'm not getting the support I need for my church. And I, this sucks. (laughs) So um, for a couple of months, I was like, I'm not going to church anymore. Screw it. And honestly, (laughs) that also sucked. It didn't make me feel better either. So all around, just kind of a bad time to be alive for me. And you, there was um, no place that you're finding any peace or any yeah. answers. I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating that must have been. Yeah, it really felt like God just wasn't there. And like, if he was, he was playing some sort of cruel joke, joke on me. Like, it just didn't seem fair at all. <laughs> you know, after everything yeah. I had learned in church about God being merciful and kind, I was like, well, clearly he's not if I'm feeling like this. Yeah. Um, and around this time, I keep saying around this time, geez, but around this time, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was really like, okay, last ditch attempts. What can I do? Um, I pulled over one of my summary teachers after class and I was like, bro, I got something I got to tell you. <laughs> And uh, I actually, I feel so bad for my poor seminary teacher. I like looked at him and I was like, 
I'm like, girls, I don't know what the heck to do about it. What do I do? And he looked terrified. He was like, what? <laughs> this is like his first year teaching. And I was like, hey, how about like, being gay? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, they didn't teach us this at the, <laughs> yeah. when I got my, when I got my master's. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad. That poor dude. Um, but he was kind of just like, well, I don't know. Have you tried praying? And I was like, have I tried praying? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're like how can you even ask me that of course um (laughs) poor guy Um, but um yeah um he was kind of like I don't know sorry and I was like all right cool whatever I guess um and then later that day I was walking my dog and my bishop pulled up next to me and I was like oh no he's like hey Elise do you want to come in for an interview tomorrow and I was like okay and I on the inside I like I knew it was like my seminary teacher blabbed on me he like added me to my bishop um, oh and so I was like I was I was, I was really scared I was like mm, what's he gonna say um so I go into the interview the next day and I was like hey bishop <laughs> what's up and he was like so your seminary teacher called me and I was like I knew it I knew it oh um, my gosh I didn't even know that they did that yeah, I didn't know they did that either. <laughs> um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have talked to him. Yeah, I don't think anybody would. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, then, oh, my gosh, we have the best bishop, though. He was so kind about it. He was just so, like, hey, listen, I just want you to know, like, God loves you. Like, I don't want you to be beating yourself up over this. Like, we don't know why anything is the way it is. Like, like, just, like, trust in God. Everything will work out, whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're the best bishop ever. Um, so that was really sweet. Um, and that honestly helped me quite a bit. Um, but, and so then I decided, I was like, okay, church isn't all bad. I'll come back. It'll be good. Um and then things kind of were really good for a couple of months I wasn't out to anyone except for those two friends and the bishop and my seminary teacher um although I think my I'm pretty sure my seminary teacher forgot about that because <laughs> um, I like kind of brought it up later and he's like what but um <laughs> he just blocked that from his memory um it's blessing in disguise <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but I didn't really feel the need to be out to anyone for a while I had come I kind of reached a piece about it. Um, I still was pretty sure I was bisexual. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Like, who cares? It's going to be fine. Like, God's got this, you know? And I love that. I was able to experience a lot of kind of LGBTQ culture with those two friends that I was out with. And um, I was able to see, like, a couple gay movies and theater and stuff like that. And that was really helpful for me. Um and uh it was all going really good and honestly I was thinking like hey like (laughs) we made it through it's fine um and but then um what year was it was it 28 2019 2018 I think yes 2018 um October conference happened and President Oaks gave this talk and it was awful. It was an awful talk. Um, oh, I know what it, talk you're talking about. Yes. It 
cut me to my core. It hurt me so badly. I felt betrayed and so hurt and lost. Because basically what he said was, gay people are trying to ruin the family. They're sent from Satan, blah, 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 blah. It was awful. (laughs) I was like, I'm just starting to feel better. And you chose now to say this, Prison Oaks. That's not very inspired. Um, I was so upset. And that was kind of when I realized, I was like, I can't hold this in anymore. Like, I have to come out to my family. Um, so I kind of, I spent like a month figuring out how I was going to do it. Um, I was like, I was still, I kept chickening out. Um, I would be well, about to tell what- my family and then I'll be like, no, not yet. Um, oh, yeah, because from what I've heard, like, coming out to family that's like one of the biggest decisions in people who are lgbtq like i've heard that from i mean from the beginning like that is the biggest moment also it really is that is that's the crowning achievement of any gay person is successfully coming out to your family because um lgbtq youth are actually four times more likely to be homeless than straight youth because they get kicked out after they come out to their families that breaks my heart yeah and I wasn't worried about getting kicked out I knew that my family would never do that but I was more worried about if I came out and they reacted badly and I didn't get kicked out I'd have to live with them (laughs) you know Um, well I'm sure you're having all these different scenarios going through your head like yeah I don't know about you but for me it's always worst case scenario is what I'm thinking about like (laughs) yeah I like went through every single scenario I was like okay this is what I'm gonna do if they're like so supportive and they just like immediately are like we do or whatever and then I was like and this is what I'm gonna do if they all try and kill me (laughs) you know I was like (laughs) this is we're gonna we're figuring out all the things um but I finally worked up the courage to do it um Ironically, actually, it was while I was applying to go to BYU, I didn't really want to go because for you, those of you who don't know who are listening, um, BYU is not very LGBTQ friendly. You're not allowed to date on campus. Up until a couple of years ago, you could get expelled just for being out. Like it's oof, kind of a sketchy place to be if you're gay. But that's and, been a huge hot topic recently too. On yeah, there's been a lot of. Um, what is it not riots like what are those called protests protests thank you I couldn't think of the word well there's been a lot of different protests a lot of people trying to get stuff changed there I mean so it's a it is I even see it it's a pretty toxic place for LGBTQ people to be yeah it's it's scary but um so yeah I was like I don't want to go there but I I couldn't I had to tell my mom why I didn't want to go and I wasn't going to complete my application like, I couldn't just be like, oh, there are program sucks. Because our program doesn't suck. It's the best in the state. And that's why I was going. <laughs> um, you know? You're like, that excuse isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, this has got to come up with something. And so I finally worked up the courage. I was like, mom. This, and this is the first time I ever even said it out loud. <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm gay. And my mom kind of just looked at me and she's like, what? <laughs> like okay um and that was like a whole thing and we both kind of cried a lot we talked about more crying 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 and then I had to go to my figure drawing class (laughs) and so I left and I was still crying and I get to the building where I I have my classes 
and I show up and I was like I had to stop crying but my eyes were all red and my nose was kind of red and it, it was obvious I had been crying and this little like 14 year old boy who was taking the class looked at me and he was like what's wrong with you and I was like what's wrong with you <laughs> whatever <laughs> um, so that was fun oh that's um, hilarious yeah that poor kid so many people in the story just don't even know that are just getting kind of having their own things whatever um, but yeah and then that night um it was family home evening they had our family home evening and then my sister's like okay time for bed I was like wait no <laughs> you can't go yet and they're like why and I was like oh I'm gay and then my sisters it was so funny they looked at me and they're like okay whatever can I go to bed <laughs> and I was like oh. I was like is that all you're gonna say and they're like yeah I don't care and I was like oh okay <laughs> um and so that was a huge relief um and that honestly for me was that was my turning point that's when I really started to be realize that I hadn't exactly been living to my fullest potential I wasn't exactly happy and I was finally able to to do that um it was like this weight had been lifted off my shoulders that I didn't even know was there and it was like the best feeling in the world <laughs> honestly I was like oh I'm free <laughs> um it was it was amazing um and yeah I don't know and then I ended up I did end up deciding to go to BYU <laughs> um my mom convinced me to f- at least finish my application just turn it in just in case I changed my mind and I'm glad she did because when I got my acceptance letter they were like hey it's BYU and I was like <gasps> I just got this like overwhelming feeling of like, oh, oh, this is where I'm supposed to go. It'll be fine. Like God's on my back. It'll be, it'll be fine. Um, and it's, so I did That's end up so going. Cool. Um, and I had a really great first year experience. Um, I was really blessed with super amazing roommates. They were all so accepting of me and it was really good. Um, yeah. So that's my, that is my coming out story. We just spent like 30 minutes on that. <laughs> no that's seriously like because you see I mean you see posts you have friends and you hear all these experiences um but like for me you're somebody who I you know I've watched you grow up and I've watched you become into the, um become this incredible woman and I almost want to like kick myself like how did I not see she was going through a hard time you know what I mean and yeah um I mean, I got very I good have... at hiding it. <laughs> it really felt like I had to choose one. And that was so hard because, I mean, being a Mormon is an integral part of who I am. It's like, it's been this defining, shaping part of my life. And, but then there was this other part of me that I, I just, I couldn't deny it was real. And I didn't want to pretend that I didn't have those feelings. And I did not want to choose. But and I'm here and it's like you don't have to choose it's fine you know and I I think that God is so aware of that I truly do because it was very very specific that I had to ask you you were like you were one who you're so open her social media you guys for pride month she was like literally just teaching people about everything and I learned so much just from literally her Instagram stories and her Instagram (laughs) posts, which was awesome. But it's, it's just so different because Mm -hmm. 
so many people who are members of the church who come out in the LGBTQ community, they kind of leave it because they, I think that's something that is changing in this culture that we have here in Utah, that people don't feel accepted or loved or that they can be who they are. And I have a friend and we talk about this all the time and how that is almost just completely opposite of what I think the church should be doing for people. It should not be a place where people feel like they have to be somebody they're not or this place of toxicity. Um, So I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit more. Like, where are you at now with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with your relationship with God? Your story, your coming out story had a lot of prayer and talking with him which I appreciated so much because a lot of people go through that. And if God doesn't listen, they're like, okay, I'm, I have to do something different. And you kept saying like, I'll trust in God. And the Bishop came and said, trust in God. And that sounded like he was somewhat, you know, there throughout the process. But where, where are you at now? I guess in, in all of this. Um, well, I, definitely think my relationship with Heavenly Father is much more personal um my relationship with the church is kind of touch and go (laughs) you know um but when it comes to God like like I know that he's there for me I know I know that he's looking out for me and for everyone else and I he kind of has taken on this kind of like big brother personality for me you know where it's yeah. just kind of he's just someone I can go to for really anything and um I don't know yeah and just it's so much more personal and because I remember when I was younger my relationship with the church was very much just I want to be the best I want to be the best member you know like I'm gonna yeah. do all the things so I can be the best I can be the best Mormon and um, it was kind of performative almost but now it feels more genuine like I'm doing what I'm doing and I believe what I believe because I think it's right and it's good and I want other people to feel right and good and I think that's what God wants too and uh yeah so it's just it's it's a healthier relationship now too I think Um, Oh, I love that. I love that you described it as a healthier relationship. Yeah. I really think that has a lot of power in that. Yeah. I, it just, it, it's, it's not based on me just wanting to get the most heaven points I can anymore. You know, it's more about help me be a good person and help me know what to do, what is best for myself and for others. Um, like completely just different perspectives yeah for sure I've it's this journey for me has really just completely shifted my idea of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to have a relationship with God Um, yeah and I think hopefully for the better I think it's for the better (laughs) but (laughs) no honestly if it's better for you than it is better and that's that is something that I wish more people understood I think there's a lot of um 
misidea, uh, misideas. I don't know if that's a word, whatever. We're going to go with it. Misideas around the church and like the purpose of the church. Um, I feel as, especially in Utah culture, it is keeping up with the Joneses. You have to be better than the next person. You have to prove that you're more worthy or that you believe God more. And, and, oh, if you're not keeping your covenants or, oh, you're drinking, like doing something that's contrary to what, like, quote, a Molly Mormon would do, then you are a good person. And I don't know where this culture began. And honestly, it's so toxic. And I think the last couple years, it has, it's been changing. I think the members are changing it. And, but the purpose of the church is not to discriminate against people's desires and to make these robots, I guess you could say of, yeah, (laughs) this is what, this is what you do. And this is what you believe. This is what you desire. Um, I've recently kind of gained this whole new perspective on the reasoning of the church and the church, the main reason for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is to lay out a way and say, if you want to live with God and Jesus Christ again, after this life and, attain certain blessings of living in obedience with the laws of the gospel. This is how you live. And I actually have a friend who has a friend who he served a mission and he came home and came out as gay and he has found somebody who he loves and he is living so true to himself and he's never been happier. And they have such a special bond. Um, and she asked him, I think, genuinely one day, like, would you ever return to the church? Um, he, I think he left the church. And yeah. anyways, he had a very different experience, very toxic, I believe. And his answer was, you know, if I can't be who I am and if I have to pretend to be somebody I'm not and there are so many members telling me what I can and can't do and can't believe, he's, he just says, I genuinely don't want to be there. Yeah. And for, for me to hear this story, I was like, holy cow, it almost hit me. My whole life, I think I kind of had a narrow mind of if people aren't living the gospel completely obediently, it's be- like a lack of knowledge on their part. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I'm so glad that Heavenly Father has humbled me because that is not true at all. Like we literally came to this earth to figure out who we are, to be true to our desires, to grow. And he is not going to say, I love you any less for that, or I love you more for this. And when I, like, again, when I heard the story, I was just like, holy cow, the plan of happiness, the plan of redemption, the plan where Jesus Christ's atonement is central is so merciful and is, has so much happiness in it is I have to think of the eternal eternal perspective that there's literally three different kingdoms where there's different levels of comfort, different levels of desire where everybody is going to be happy. Yeah. So then, so then I think why are members and people of the church in this culture, especially here in like Utah and Utah County, it's so prominent, but why is it so judgmental of people's desires? Like, why are we trying to have people be who they aren't? Um, and honestly, Elise, I seriously admire you so much because your relationship with God has been one of the biggest aspects 
in you being true to yourself and coming out and I think finding peace in that. And that's not necessarily, you know, by church standards. Yeah. Which some people, you know, they're going to be like, think what they want. But I think true disciples of Jesus Christ will see this is what is best. And this isn't going to change anything for her. I mean, she's being, it's like you said, you're being the best person you can be. You're being your truest version of yourself. And I seriously admire that so much. Like I cannot even begin to describe how much I admire you. Well, thank you. (laughs) That really means a lot. Um, and just to touch on, um, this friend of a friend, um, I do, I feel like it's important if there's any LGBTQ people listening at all, um, to just be aware that everyone's journey is different and what's right for one person is different for another person. And sometimes staying in the church isn't what's healthiest for a gay person. If it is for you, then that's amazing. It's what it is for me, but it's, that's not how it's going to be for everyone. And I think like God, he'll be fine. (laughs) He'll be fine with it. Um, because he loves all of his children, whether or not they're a member of the church. So again, yeah, just what you were saying, just being true to your truest self is that's important because God wants us to be happy. That's, that's man were made to have joy. So that's why we're here. So anyways, that's all. <laughs> oh, I agree with that just so much, so much. Yeah, so much. Like, we are not here to be perfect members of the church. We're here to be happy. Yeah. We really are. And I wish that's that's why I want this. Po- I don't I don't know who listens to this podcast. You know what I mean? But this is that's the purpose that I'm wanting to get across. And I'm so grateful that you have shared so much of yourself and been able to testify of that, that it is OK, that God is going to love us no matter what. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I think the biggest thing that I learned throughout my entire self-acceptance journey is just over and over again, God just kept telling me, he's like, I love you, okay? Like, and he just, he kept telling me, he's like, I made you like this. Like, you're perfect. I love you, okay? (laughs) And I just, yeah, and I think everyone needs to know that. Like, God made you the way that you are, and he did not make a mistake with you and he really really loves you and he wants you to be happy so oh my goodness Elise seriously thank you so much I don't I really hope that this is going to get to the one person or the couple people who need to hear it but you just with this conversation has have taught me (laughs) so much like I'm definitely leaving this conversation with a better perspective and just so much more love and understanding 